Coming up, SeaWorld is having more PR issues concerning the film Blackfish. Orlando theme parks were busy this holiday season, but not record-breaking. And Disney CEO Bob Iger actually took a salary decrease in the past year. All that coming up. From the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida, this is the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged, episode number 667 for the week of January 7th, 2014. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. You, you can receive up to a $1,000 shipboard credit on your next Disney cruise vacation. Just visit www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com to find out more. Dreams Unlimited Travel, sharing the magic one vacation at a time. Hello, everyone, and Happy New Year. Welcome to the Diz Unplugged. We are coming to you live from the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida. I am your host, Pete Werner, joined in the studio this week by my good friends, John Magi, Kevin Close, Leah Zanola, Corey Martin, and back in the production nook, our producer, Dustin West, along with Sean Thompson and Craig Williams, our associate producers. It is so good to be back. It is good to be back. And for me, it's uh, been a month since uh, I've sat in the chair. and uh, Our last show was the live show. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's good to be. Good there to be there was still cookie crumbs on the table from the last show. That's what that is. <laughs> yeah. I noticed that, but I couldn't remember. I couldn't figure okay. out what the cleaning was. woman didn't get in here. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it's, it is, it's good, to be, good to be back doing a, doing a show. We have some things in housekeeping that we uh, need to tell you about. First of all, we need to ask you to head out to our YouTube channel. We'll have a link to that on our show notes page, disunplugged.com. Go ahead and subscribe so you can find out uh, every time we add a new video. Got a ton of great stuff from the holidays that the team has put up, and uh, you want to go out and check that out. Also want to remind everyone about the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. Uh, every Thursday, including this Thursday. And uh, in this week's show, uh, Tom Bell will begin his look at off-property hotel and motel options in the Disneyland area. Um, also want to remind everybody about the Disboards.com Welcome Center in Port Canaveral, or excuse me, Cape Canaveral, Florida. And uh, Teresa is out there pretty much all the time. Yeah. And she loves when people come in. Because she gets to talk and and talk, look at <laughs> shiny things. And did you all read this story about Teresa? What happened? <laughs> I did. No, no. She said she was in the welcome center. And they were doing their job, and all of a sudden the door opened, and this couple came in pulling their luggage. And they said, "Can you book a cruise for us?" And Teresa said, "Sure, come on in. Let me see if I can help you." And they said, "We need to leave right away as soon as possible." <laughs> We don't care which ship. We don't care where we're we going. We don't care where it's going. We we can pay, we have to pay cash, and we want to leave now. Now we no, want. The, the best part is that they wanted to know if they could get off at the port and not get back on the ship right, and just stay exactly. out of the country. <laughs> can they go to a foreign port and stay out of the country? And they didn't have passports. Okay. I think I think we need to do bag check at the welcome center because <laughs> what was in their suitcase? But then she said she was their children. She yeah. was dumbfounded. I didn't know what to say, and then they just like took off and they were back out the door again. Okay. And they were on the lamb. <laughs> they just they just hit a bank or something. 
We want to go now. Go now and pay with cash. The address is 6550 North Atlantic Avenue uh, in Cape Canaveral. It is about a mile from the Disney Cruise Line uh, terminal in Port Canaveral. And it's a great place to stop. Free coffee, snacks, sodas, Same water. day cruises. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> um, They're open on Mondays now, too, right? That just changed? We changed yeah. our hours. Uh, closed Tuesdays and Wednesdays. But open Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Correct. And Monday. So I want to remind you, if you're a Dreams Unlimited Travel client, come on in for a free gift. Um, we just ordered a whole bunch of cool stuff for adults and kids. So mention your Dreams Unlimited Travel client. Tell them your reservation number, and Teresa will give you something for free. So if you're looking to flee, go meet Teresa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Um, also, we want to uh, remind everybody, you have oh, just over a week left. If you're interested in ordering one of the really cool Diz hashtag shirts um, that uh, for those of you watching on video, you can see a picture of. They come in either black or white, and they're really cool. They just you know have a lot of hashtags, as is popularized by Twitter, a lot of Disney hashtags on them. This is a design uh, created by uh, Corey and uh, Will Perry, and uh, Really cool. They are available for pre-order until January 15th, and they will ship out about a month later. So, again, uh, links to this and everything we talk about on the show on our show notes page, disunplugged.com. Can I ask a question about the shirts? Mm -hmm. Does that mean we're going to stop selling that design on the 15th? Correct. That design will retire on the 15th and not be sold again. So, right? We'll see. Okay. Yeah, for the... This yeah. is well planned, huh? <laughs> well, that was the that was my understanding. So, well, the next shirts will if be it's changed, I, I I wasn't kept in the I loop. I think that's cool. If it, they're yeah. limited edition and that's it on so the fifteenth, they're done. You have to buy a new design. I think that's great. yeah. I'm I'm making an executive decision. They're done on the fifteenth. <laughs> um, but uh, finally, from me for housekeeping, I want to just kind of go over the list of give kids the world Diz meets that are scheduled right now. Uh, for this year, um, Chicago is coming up on the 19th. Um, North Texas uh, is going to be in the Fort Worth area, March 22nd. New Jersey on April, the weekend of April 25th through the 27th. Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, Hershey Park, June 13th through the 15th. And of course, the venerable New England meet, uh, October 3rd through the 5th. Uh, they are also trying to get an Arizona meet together, and we are hoping for another meet in Delaware. Um, so there will be more coming, I think, but I'm really excited about those. There was a meet originally planned for Richmond, Virginia that I was very excited about because I fell in love with Richmond the last time I was there. And uh, um, unfortunately, the woman who was, uh, I shouldn't say unfortunately, it's great news. The woman who was uh, organizing it, Melissa Margeson, uh was able to get uh, a medical procedure that she desperately needed. And as a result, she's you know recovering nicely, and we wish her our, our best, our, our, our thoughts and prayers go out to her. Uh, but because of that, she's not going to be able to organize that meet. But I figure that's a really good reason to you know not be able to do a meet. But uh, hopefully, once Melissa is on the mend and is ready, uh, we can revisit doing Richmond because I was really really excited. Yeah, I sure about so. doing that meet. I'm I'm excited about all of them. I love going out to them. We will. Bring the team. Uh, I, did, I, I don't know who's going out for uh, Chicago. On the uh, 19th of January? Yeah, I know. There was a lot of... We're the Frozen. There was just a lot of, uh, a, a lot of scheduling issues on this end uh, regarding that. I also do want to thank everybody for your good wishes uh, regarding my 
what is supposed to be my upcoming surgery. Uh, I was scheduled for surgery on uh, January 23rd. That has been postponed um, for a number of reasons. Nothing terrible, but it has been postponed. Um, I'm not in any great pain as long as I'm not, you know, trying to walk around theme parks. Uh, many of you know I had to leave uh, California in December uh, because of that. Um, it got really bad, and I needed to I needed to come home because I just you know this issue with my back isn't letting me walk around theme parks too much or do much walking of any kind right now. But um, I want to thank everybody for your good wishes and your constant uh, uh, constant thoughts and prayers. I appreciate it, and let you know when I'm when I'm going in for the going in for the knife. But uh, that is it for me in housekeeping. Uh, what about uh, anybody else? I want to uh, uh, just make sure I mention again, we talked about this on the live show. We're very excited. Podcast Cruise 5.0. We have a very special guest. Jody Benson is going to be joining us. Uh, very excited about that. She's going to be doing a special concert just for people who book through Dreams Unlimited Travel. It's November 30th of this year. We're already it's this year. I can't believe it. Yeah. Um, if you want to get more information, you can write to Tracy, T-R-A-C-E-Y-H, at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com, and I'm sure she can get you on that cruise. The good news is that cruise is not selling up in filling up in general, so we're finding some really good prices still for that sale. Good. So it's not like it's jumped up tremendously. Now, you had mentioned at Dizapalooza the possibility of some other special guests. We are still talking about it. We're still we're still trying to get that worked out. I haven't gotten any further with it because of the holidays, but before the holidays, we thought we were going to get some other princesses. Don't look at me. What do you mean? Don't look at you. <laughs> the reason I look at you is because you know their names. You know, the main reason... <laughs> Susan Egan. <laughs> the main reason to be on Podcast Cruise 5.0 is, of course, it's my 50th no, birthday. No, I'm not Susan Egan. I apologize. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I really didn't. Paige O'Hara. Paige O'Hara. We're pushing yes. for Susan Egan, but she said no. Jody Benson is going <laughs> to really? sing to you. I think she travels because of a holiday album. She has holiday albums out, and that time of year she's busy. Yeah, and of course everybody owns one, so God forbid she promotes it. <laughs> you know, you could promote the holiday album on the ship, but okay. Yeah, I just said the wrong name. I <laughs> if we're even considering her, we should probably No, go. but that's going to be my uh, that's going to be my 50th birthday, um, celebrating on the ship, so I'm really excited about that. You know, you should be there for that. And if you don't, I will withdraw my love and support. There you go. Um, That's it for Podcast Cruise 5.0 announcement so far. Stay tuned. Maybe we'll have more. Okay. Anything else for housekeeping? I have a couple of spots left in July for Backstage Magic. We had a cancellation. So if you're interested in traveling with the group in July, July 6th through the five extra days, the 11th. I, <laughs> plus five. And <laughs> July 6th plus five. Um <laughs> Let me know, KevinAtDreamsUnlimitedTravel.com. I also still have two seats left for Italy, if anybody's interested. How about the February trip? Is that full? It's not full, but it's getting perilously close to not being able to um, book a whole lot more people in it. Okay. Um, I just had a, two people sign up this weekend, as a matter of fact. I saw that. It gets complicated because we've sold the amount of rooms we have. But because we have some single travelers, we don't have the exact number of people, so we can still add more people. As we get closer rooms. to the time, it gets tougher and tougher yeah. to do that. Yeah, of course. Rooms, so. Yeah, because we have uh, ABD Backstage Magic trips for February, July, and December. Of course, December sold out like that. So um, It was really fun traveling in December. I really missed, I really missed doing was, that. First of all, it was great to see the parks all decorated and seeing the, all the overlays and everything, but it was just a lot of fun. We had a good time. 
Something to keep in mind, this uh, February trip, uh, Club 33 is under renovation, so we will not be going there. And I am not sure whether it will be done in time for mm. July or not. Right. However, Club 33 is never advertised or guaranteed by Adventures by Disney, so it's one of those things that, you know... They've been really good about trying to get people in, but with the club being renovated. Under renovation, there's not much they can do. Is it a full remodel they're doing? I know they're redoing the floor. From what I understand, first of all, Club 33 is not ADA compliant. You can walk in the front door and there is a small lift that takes you to the second floor. However, it's up three flights of stairs or three steps. Mm. There is an elevator through the kitchen. However, it's not show ready. Yeah. Um, And... This is what I've heard. These are the rumors I've heard. They're taking the old trophy room and they're making that the kitchen. Currently, Club 33 shares a kitchen with Blue Bayou. And That's amazing, the difference in food right. that comes out of that same kitchen. Um, the, they're making the old trophy room, the new AB or the new um, Club 33 kitchen. And it, again, and this is a rumor. This is what I've heard. They're building a walk or there's a walkway <laughs> across the... New Orleans Street or whatever it's called oh, down there. Neat. And the new space will be on top of the French market. That's open already. And the walkway is already there. They use it for storage now. So that and there will be a, an actual ADA compliant elevator that will allow guests. So there'll be like two dining rooms. Right. Two so cool. I, they're going to use one for like, a, it's my understanding, one will be a reception room and then the one across the way will be the dining room. Oh, okay. The entryway is supposed to change, isn't it? It's yeah. going to yeah, be, be in a different entryway. location. It'll be over uh, in the Fringe Market building. Uh, it's in the, the new entrance is going to be in the Court of Angels. So that area that was kind of back. Now you're just making stuff before. up. Huh. <laughs> I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, because that's supposed to be closed. It's yeah, it, yeah, it's it closed is now. closed. It's all boarded up and blocked off, and that'll be there. And then the new lounge that's coming in, it's supposed to kind of be based off of, like, uh, Tiana and the restaurant that she was opening up in the Princess and the Frog. So that way it has a little little Princess and the Frog theme in New Orleans Square. So I thought you were going to say awesome. flair. flair. I was yeah. hoping for flair. I, I don't know what that word means. Straight. <laughs> Tiana's real dress. He's straight. It's the Prince of the Frog balls. flair. Pitching balls he can hit. Okay. Um, all right. Anything else for housekeeping? Going once, going twice, and over to Johnny with the news. All right. Our first news story. SeaWorld owned IP address linked to majority of votes in new- newspaper's Blackfish Poll. In a recent poll about CNN's Blackfish documentary about an orca held by SeaWorld, an overwhelming majority of Orlando Business Journal readers said that the film did not change their perception of the theme park. The results were surprising since SeaWorld has faced a fair amount of backlash following the, re- following the release of the 2013 documentary, which SeaWorld has called inaccurate. So one curious Orlando Business Journal reporter audited audited the newspaper's SeaWorld slash Blackfish poll to ensure the results were not biased or skewed, as he suspected. Quote, imagine our surprise when we noticed that one single internet protocol address accounted for more than 54% of the votes, or about 180 of the total 328 votes, reporter Richard Bilboa reported in a post on Thursday. I just want to, just for, uh, if I can interrupt you for a second, for those who are not familiar with IP address, every time you log on to the internet, your internet service provider provides you basically an IP address. Uh, for most people, it's dynamically generated every time you, you get onto the internet, but it identifies 
you, basically. Um, so if you're going someplace and you're voting like that, somebody can take a look at your IP address. They don't get any personal identif- uh, personal information on you from that. But you can tell where the, where it's originating from. Um, so that just I just want to make sure people understand the so IP address. So at SeaWorld, does that mean they're all using the same computer or that they're using SeaWorld's they internet? They were using SeaWorld's internet, basically. Okay. Um, that, uh, that, the, that IP address was owned by... It was registered... To Sea World, uh, to Sea World, so they know that it's either coming from their corporate offices or from, you know, the IP address though was assigned to Sea World. Right. The very next line of the story is the IP address in question is hosted by SeaWorld.com, according to a search of the domain name records. Man, how stupid! While the discovery that many of the votes originated from a Sea owned IP address spurred some uh, some to question whether Sea World rigged the poll. The uh, corporation has dismissed such claims. Which seems to be their entire public relations strategy. <laughs> no, it's just not true. <laughs> regarding no. p- regarding all the whole Blackfish thing, is they just deny, deny, deny. And, you know, it's not working. You but need another strategy, okay? It's not working. This the poll thing isn't new. I mean, everybody does it. Anybody who's got an online poll... Somebody, they're having somebody do it. I mean, politicians do well, it. Okay, but shame on the Orlando it. Business Journal because there are ways to make sure that repeat right. or uh, repeat votes from a single IP address or from an IP group can be uh, yeah. can be basically be, be this thrown was out. This just lazy. Um, so, you know, Orlando's Business Journal takes a little bit of responsibility in this, too, because you put up a crappy poll. But, okay. Uh, a SeaWorld spokesman, Nick something, sent the following statement to the the Huffington Post. Quote, our team members have strong feelings about their park and company, and we encourage them to make their opinions known. And do it from company computers on company time. If a poll is posted regarding SeaWorld, our team members have as much a right as anyone else to vote and express their opinion. We're unsure why they're being questioned here. In this case, each of the votes that came from a SeaWorld domain were cast by team members who are passionate about the incredible work SeaWorld does and the experience our parks provide. Since news of the SeaWorld-owned IP address came to light, it seems the tides have turned. Um, Balboa initially reported that 99% of the readers voted in the theme parks uh, voted in the theme parks' favor. The results of the SeaWorld slash Blackfish poll have dr- drastically shifted. Uh, by last Friday afternoon, 73% of the readers answered yes to the question, has CNN's Blackfish documentary changed your perception of SeaWorld? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, here's the flip side to this. Look, I, I, I'm not debating really the merits of whether or not uh, holding these orcas in captivity is the right thing or the wrong thing to do. I, I can see both sides of the story. But what I would encourage people who are influenced by something like the Blackfish documentary and that that whole that movie that story, um, also consider the work that SeaWorld does, the rescue work that SeaWorld does, which is extensive and extraordinary. Um, and they could charge a lot more if they wanted to uh, at their admission to offset those costs, and they don't. Um, Go and take some of the backstage tours because you get a chance to meet the trainers. You get a chance to meet the people who work there and see how passionate and loving these people are and how well they try and care for the animals that are in their charge. Um, There is another side to this. Uh, SeaWorld has been painted as this evil, awful, money-grubbing corporation, and they are not, not in my opinion. 
and I, you know, I've I've done a lot with SeaWorld, both as a guest and in my job here. And I can tell you that this this image of them as this this money grubbing corporation, just trying to rape uh, uh, marine animals for profit, is simply not true. You can you it is a legitimate argument to say whether some of these animals should be held held in captivity, but where it's being taken, I think is unfair. Uh, see what these these are really decent conscientious people that work there they care about these animals um, and they and they are passionate about what they do and that needs to be considered in this as well so um, don't just take this at face value go to SeaWorld yourself talk to some of these people see the work that's being done look at the rescue work that is being done at SeaWorld and you have to balance this all out because this is not a one-sided story, and I think the whole blackfish controversy has turned it into a one-sided story, and I think it's unfair. Again, I'm not saying whether or not these orcas should be held, because I can really, I can see both sides of that argument. I really can. But I think the incredible work being done um, by these people there, and the, the passion they have, and the way these animals are cared for, cannot be overlooked. And all of this hype has overlooked that fact. Uh, they they constantly invoke the name of Don Branchow, who was the trainer who was tragically killed uh, uh, two years ago by Tillicum. And, you know, the people that knew her that have been interviewed on television, 201, have all said the same thing. If she was here, she would tell you that what they're doing is good. She did this work because she supported what they were doing. And it, I know it angers, I've just seen interviews with her family and her friends, it angers them that her name keeps getting brought up as a reason why this shouldn't be done, and that if she had been here to speak for herself, she would say, no, no, this is good work that we're doing. So let's just try and keep that in mind. I really hate that SeaWorld is getting such a black eye from this. Now, in part, it's their fault, too, because their PR absolutely sucks. Um, their PR on this has been ridiculous, because it has just been deny, 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 it's all going to go away. It's not going away. You need a better PR strategy than that, and you need a better PR strategy than, than you know, fudging a poll. It also seems that this has become a celebrity cause right now. Yeah. And what happens is uh, it, it bothers me that this is what everybody's throwing their support behind. There's a documentary out there called Where Your Food Comes From or something along that line. And if you saw the way animals were treated before you eat them, you'd be horrified. Yeah. Absolutely horrified. And That's I why think I stopped that, eating veal. <laughs> Among other things, more veal for me. I just think I, you know. I knew that was coming. Is is it all animals in captivity, or is it only whales? Is it because they're cute? Is it because they're on TV all the time? I just think to myself, there's a lot of places around the world that are keeping animals in captivity who are not doing the work that SeaWorld does. It's the cause du jour, and that's why so many of these celebrities are jumping on the bandwagon. They really had no, they have no concern or care about what the real issue is. They just, it's the, it's the, it's the cause du jour. And I, I would I would encourage people to just investigate a little more. And look, if you if you do that, if you see both sides of the story and you still decide SeaWorld is in the wrong here, I respect that. But just to go superficially based on this this issue is dismissing years and years and years of wonderful work that this organization has done. And they are more philanthropic in terms of their mission than any other theme park in Orlando is. And I venture to say more than any other theme park in uh, uh, in the country is in terms of the work they do that is consistent with their mission of saving marine animals and uh, you know especially when you look at at, at uh, the uh, 
uh, the manatees. It's a very big issue here in Florida that uh, these are you know really docile creatures that we're killing. And, and it's the Gulf Coast oil spill. The, yeah, exactly. SeaWorld exactly. was one of the first ones there. Exactly. So you know, just I'd like just everybody to keep that in mind. There, there, there are two sides to this story. And before you draw a conclusion, please try and look at both sides. So that's it. My All rant's right. over. There you go. Our second news story. Theme parks report big holiday crowds, but no records. Central Florida, Central Florida saw a huge surge of visitors this past week as large crowds flocked to local theme parks to ring in the new year. Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom has turned away some guests at times, and SeaWorld's Orlando recorded the second best day in its history during the annual holiday crunch at Central Florida theme parks. Representatives of Disney, SeaWorld, and Universal Orlando this week all declined to disclose precise attendance figures for the rush, which typically peaks during the week between Christmas Day and New Year's Day. But anecdotal evidence suggested healthy crowds, though not necessarily record-breaking numbers. A spokesman for SeaWorld Orlando described this year's holiday crowds as comparable to last year's, though the Marine Park said the 2012 holiday season was one of its best ever. He said Monday was the second best day ever for SeaWorld, while its limited admission sister park, Discovery Cove, had a record month in December. Universal Orlando had to temporarily close the gates to its Islands of Adventure theme park several times during the 2011 and 2012 holiday seasons as waves of travelers descended on its Wizarding World of Harry Potter. It has not done so this season, however, according to a company spokesman. But that may be partly due because the resort's biggest new attraction, Transformers the Ride 3D, our next door at Universal Studios Florida Park. Is Universal is Transformers really pulling away from Harry Potter? Um, the Transformer is yeah. amazingly is really? popular. Yeah, it's a very, very big deal. Oh, I am so out of the loop. All right. No, you don't. You don't agree? No, it, it is. But um, I, I didn't want to jump ahead here. But basically, people weren't going to travel this holiday season because the Wizarding World's expected to be open by summer, and so is the Mine Train. The expansion, supposed, yeah. And over at Magic Kingdom, the Mine Train's supposed to be open in spring so i mean I, be, I don't know in terms of en masse i don't know how many people are actually gonna not travel over the holidays uh because of that i mean i think it's the a big draw parks, but, i know where they are what's that if they're not at the theme parks i know where they are the outlet malls the premium factory no. oh dear lord i was there on saturday <laughs> and i vowed never again people were behaving badly badly oh yeah and badly in cars i would be very careful walking through the premium out, factory outlet parking lot Okay. Oh, I can go on, but I thought there was more to that. Okay. It was editing. <laughs> so it just goes on to say that they had, you know, big attendance, but nothing that was record breaking, which is unusual. Uh, I'm surprised there's no mention of the Holy Land. <laughs> uh, you know, because that's very popular. Especially they ran that really great promotion this year. Remember? Prove you're not gay and watch in for <laughs> no, it was buy one one day at the park, get until the rapture. Don't you remember that? <laughs> they ran a three o'clock crucifixion and then a nighttime crucifixion. Okay. Okay. There we go. Moving along. That's, that's true. That's not a lie. Okay. Moving along. I had that big joke going and you had to go and add to it. All right. So maybe that wasn't that big a joke. In any event, that was the story about attendance at the World Disney World theme park. All right. Ready for the next one? Please. All right. 
Lower paycheck for Bob Iger in 2013. Are you ready? The Walt Disney Company's CEO, Bob Iger, received a 15% decrease in pay in 2013. Iger's total pay for the last fiscal year was $34.3 million. In 2012, he received a 40 he received $40.2 million. How is he ever going to get by? Food stamps. More than 90% of Mr. Iger's compensation is determined by Disney's financial performance. Disney's results this year have been good. Net income has risen 8% and stock prices went up 49%. However, as good as 2013 was, 2012 had factors that couldn't be beat, such as the opening of Cars Land, the Adventures film, the Adventure, the Avengers, the Avengers film, and the purchase of Lucasfilm. Iger's salary for 2013 was 2.5 million dollars, plus stock options worth 17.3 million. Bonuses were 13.6 million. Uh, Iger will remain CEO through the summer of 2016. And there's other stuff. Uh, the other big thing about this story is Disney also announced that Jack Dorsey, co-founder of Twitter, has been named to Disney Board of Directors and will be up for election on March 18th. This is fantastic mm-hmm. news. Iger said that Mr. Dorsey's perspective would be extremely valuable given our strategic priority. Sean, why do you think it's fantastic news? I think I think Jack Dorsey is fantastic. He, he does so much good work and everything that he's been a part of. Um, Vine, or, or, he didn't have like a direct hand in Vine, but Twitter exam. He did squeezes a part of Square, so everything he does is just huge. And I think he's so young too. I think he's like in like thirty or his early thirties. So I think it's fantastic. It's a good good choice. Okay, yeah. I think something that's uh, part of Iger's legacy is that he's really identified the fact that to move forward, Disney needs to embrace this new technology. Yeah, you know yeah. everything. New ideas, right. new technology. Yes, I agree. I think he's really thought that far ahead for the company, and whether or not he is going to, you know, back out soon and not be president of the company, I think he's going to have a good legacy. I think so too. I think his his tenure's been good. I think, you know, um, I, I often think Eisner is uh, unfairly demonized. Uh, the parks we know and love today right. are the result of of Michael Eisner. And I think he's done a good job of following that legacy and expanding, you know, putting his own mark on the company. I don't know that he's the kind of personality that Eisner was. Um, just as an aside, I just want to make sure that everyone knows that Michael Eisner is now on Twitter. And it is the funniest thing that you could do is follow Michael Eisner on Twitter because he does not understand hashtags. He hashtags every other word. He doesn't make sense. It's like stream of consciousness. He leaves a movie and he, he went to go see the Julia Roberts movie, uh, August Osage County. And he said something along the lines of, Julia Roberts was good, but it was wasn't a memorable movie overall. And he knows her; he's like reviewing this movie, but I, it's just hilarious. So, <laughs> go follow Michael Eisner on Twitter. I'll put a link in the show notes. Actually, <laughs> it's that good. <laughs> All right. All right. That'll do it for the news. Thank you very much, John. We are going to move on to roundtable rapid fire, and we will start with John because we right. haven't heard him talk. I know. Him. I haven't <laughs> babbled on enough, have I? Um, my rapid fire is that we just had a new spring room only offer come out from Disney. Uh, last Friday it was open to visa, uh, Disney visa card holders and Monday yesterday it opened up to everybody get a room only discount of up to 30% off the rack rate at select Disney resorts for stays, uh, February 24th through March 5th, March 14th through April 12th and April 20th through June 15th. 
You can upgrade from a room-only reservation to a Magic Group package with at least four days of tickets and get one day of the same exact ticket for free. Uh, it excludes villas at Grand Floridian, Little Mermaid rooms at Art of Animation, and campsites, as well as three-bedroom villas. You got a book by March 31st, 2014. I will say this. We have found that this discount is not any better than past discounts for the same time frame. So if you've booked already and you got a discount during this time frame, this discount isn't going to be any better than anything else you've already gotten. It's just nice if you fell in between an offer and didn't get the last one. Right. But, so, you know... Disney just keeps throwing those discounts out there. Oh, they have to. They have to. They got they got into it for so many years, especially as the recession hit. Um, they they had to start doing it, and now people expect it. And when they don't do them, their numbers suffer. So, yeah, Iger only gets thirty four million dollars. I know. And look what look what your people are doing. You're taking your discounts, and poor Iger is taking this massive <laughs> so loss. Sad. So, all right, thank you, John. Right. Kevin. Mine, I heard a rumor. I read a rumor on the internet. I have now since been told. What is this internet of which you speak? <laughs> I don't understand. I have been now told that this inter, uh, rumor came through Jim Hill, so I have to give credit. When I first submitted this as my rapid fire, I did not know that that was the source, but that the Norway Pavilion will be getting a frozen overlay, that the Maelstrom will have frozen characters in it. Now, they've done this with It's a Small World, another attraction, so I don't know. Maybe. I haven't seen Frozen yet. Oh, it's great. Oh, it's Is good. it? No, I haven't seen it People yet. People love it. People think it's fantastic. The I movie's fantastic, took... but I think if they did this, it would be awful. I really do. Really? That's how I felt about It's a Small World. I didn't think they that should put it. didn't bother me for some reason, but Maelstrom, I don't know. It's just like one of my favorite rides. And it's do you think it would depend classic. on how they do it's... it? I mean, are they just talking about putting characters in the Maelstrom? Because that doesn't really It fit. sounds or... silly. Yeah, like... Yeah. No, I have a feeling it will be redone. Right. That's too we bad. won't get wow. to see the industrial side of Norway anymore. <laughs> Oil rigs. <laughs> see, I enjoy seeing the characters, and uh, it's a small world. I yeah, I do too, actually. I do too. Yeah. Uh, Mary Blair is one of my favorites, mm-hmm. so it would be like you know adding characters behind the Mona Lisa. Yeah. It doesn't need to be done. It's good as it is. So, but as I said, I need to give credit where credit is due. I didn't know that at first, but I think it's interesting. Uh, I think. I think it, you know, I think there will be people who will love it and people who will hate it. We went to meet the princesses from Frozen yesterday and the line was crazy. People were waiting like 5 hours to meet these princesses. I also learned yeah. something else over the uh, the holiday. Uh we had just come back from Disneyland and you couldn't move without tripping over a plush from Frozen, especially the snowman Olaf mm-hmm. and there's a moose or a reindeer. Finley uh, loves Olaf. She Carries him around the you house. You cannot yeah, find him anywhere at Walt Disney, Walt Disney World. World. No, when we were in the Norway Pavilion, they said they have the only frozen di- frozen merchandise left, and it's barely anything. One window literally has two dolls in it, and that's yep. their it's entire. Style. I have friends who were here, yeah, and clean. we're looking for a couple for a certain holiday, and they were nowhere to be found. We even got involved in the search, and they're just not here. California, however, now we came home on the 20th. I don't know what happened between the 20th and Christmas, but they were everywhere. So, and as I said, it just took back over number one spot at the box office. Yeah, it keeps doing that. Keeps going. Yeah, it's a massive hit. They got the hit they wanted from it. We had a great. We had a chance to see that overlay at World of Color during Backstage Magic. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. That video that Craig did of the World of Color of. With Frozen was uh, 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 just amazing, and lots of compliments. A lot of on great it too. feedback. Yeah, yeah. it's 
good stuff. I think they released this movie at a great time, too, because if you want to take your kids to the movies, there's really nothing else out there. Mm-hmm. We've seen it twice. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Kevin. Leah. Okay. Um, mine is about, and I'm going to try to read it on my phone here. Um, the Festival of Fantasy Parade, which is replacing the, it's going to be the new three o'clock parade at the Magic Kingdom. It says it will bring a celebration of new fantasy land to Main Street, USA through fantastic and innovative new parade floats, vibrant costumes, and an original soundtrack that will feature beloved songs from favorite Disney films, plus a parade theme song. And it's going to, um, let's see, it's going to be highlight The Little Mermaid, Sleeping Beauty, Dumbo, Pinocchio, Peter Pan, Tangled, and Brave. And none of that's new news, but we haven't really heard anything about when it's starting or anything more about it. So I overheard some um, cast members of the Magic Kingdom talking, and they said um, March 16th is when it's going to premiere. And then uh, rehearsals start next week. They said it's going to be a lot longer. They said like the Christmas parade. Do you know how long that is? He said 30 to 45 minutes, but that seems really no. long for It's a not parade. that long, but it is a lot longer it than the It seems that long. That's what I thought. That seems way too long. But <laughs> when then gingerbread I'm going to place out. my bet now that they reuse that mirrored castle float. <laughs> <laughs> we were looking at pictures when we were kids, be. and it was still, it was in those I pictures. know it was going to be new innovative floats. That mirrored castle float's coming out again. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, they said so it'll be a lot longer than the current parade, and which was actually not very long at all um, and then each princess is going to have its own float like right now I don't know if it's on the mirrored float but all the princesses were there but they're all going to have their own floats so or those repurposed snow globe floats <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the cones are going to be back the, the, the candy corn the, the princesses in the bubble the orange cones <laughs> alright well thank you for that Leah Corey Patrick uh, there's a thread on the uh, theme parks board Uh, Has anyone decorated their magic bands? Please show us some pictures. This was posted in October, but there's a lot of great ideas of um, of ways to enhance your magic bands besides just ordering whatever color you want and sticking whatever Disney sells you. A lot of cool ideas. People are using like nail polish to make like it real glittery, and I think it's a a great idea. Now that magic bands are going to become a part of <laughs> the handle. Yeah. hand shows up in quarter shot. I think it's really cool and I, I kind of can't wait to <laughs> to change mine up once I find it. What color nail polish <laughs> you use? What's that? What color nail polish are you going to use? I'm going to try to do like flesh tone. <laughs> so no one knows you're of course you would. <laughs> do you know what the biggest complaint I hear about magic bands? That they don't sell a watch attachment. Yeah. I, I normally wear a watch and I've been looking at this the entire mm. week and have confused that There's I can't a niche market, is. right? Someone yeah. Yeah. a little watch. And they over. sell these little, I don't know what they call them, these little things that go in. They're awful. I had three and I now have one left. Yeah, they fall right they out. They just fall yeah, out. Yeah, I had the same experience with mine. Yeah. One of the biggest th- things seem to be the covers. Like people are buying now in Walt Disney World mm-hmm. an actual cover that goes over. I haven't See, those seem so boring those now. On. After looking at some of the photos of what people are doing with them, like adding stripes and yeah. you know their favorite team colors. The cover, the cover seems so boring. Yeah, I think Finley will probably end up doing. Something I like painted Lydia's, um, and she doesn't actually need one. She's two. I just painted an old one so she could wear it, and she calls it her sparkly, so she likes hers. But yeah. yeah, the kids actually don't like wearing them, and I don't know if it's because they're not used to wearing a watch. But when you take off this outer part, it's kind of scratchy, and so they're just complaining a lot about that. They're scratching their arms, hmm. so I don't know. Okay. I also have another real quick one. Uh, Lou Graham is going to be at Velvet Sessions January 30th. Uh, That's at Universal Hard Rock Hotel. You know who Lou Graham is from Foreigner? 
Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I knew that. Uh, I didn't know uh, it. I thought he was on Mary Tyler Moore. But I know all of his songs, though, and I went and listened to him. <laughs> being an 80s I child. thought you were talking about Lou Reed. <laughs> Lou Grant. Dead, you know. Lou Grant. <laughs> Ed Asner. Oh. Ed Asner covering Foreigner songs. So, check it out. Velvetsessions.com. I, I'm not sure I'm going to be there. For those, no, sure. <laughs> and for those people who are not familiar with Velvet Sessions, it is an event that takes place at uh, the Hard Rock Hotel at Universal. Um, is a, actually in the lobby. It's really cool. It's just like this really intimate concert venue. They yeah. kind of turn the lobby into a concert hall. and Rock and roll co- cocktail party. Yeah. Get Darlene Love and I'll be the first person there. <laughs> it's very cool. If you want to check it out, a lot of locals do it. It's, a very, po- it's very popular with uh, locals. So check it out. Thank you, Corey. Dustin. Yeah, uh, my rapid fire is kind of what uh, Craig was touching on earlier with the um, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train opening up later this year. Uh, the Seven Dwarfs Mine Shop in Fantasyland, which was the uh, exit gift shop for what used to be uh, Snow White um, Scary Adventures, that's going to be closing in early January. I guess I don't think it's really to make room for more of the Princess Fairy Tale, as, as more as they're going to open it up, up an, another shop where the seven dwarfs mine train is going to be. And that's kind of redundant. So that'll be closing from what redundant I understand Redundant at Disney. Show to fuck it. Really? Yeah. So that's, uh, that's going to be uh, closing uh, from what I understand permanently, I would imagine. And uh, we'll get some new snow white stuff over where they're doing the new construction. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Dustin. You're welcome. Jonathan. All right. So uh, we have a really good interview with, um, Dina Benedon and Brent Young, who are the the couple that bought Walt Disney's original um, birthplace house um, in Chicago. And so Chuck got to talk to them and did a nice interview. Uh, it's really long, actually. There's some really good information, and it goes into like their passion for the project. That's and, uh, Chuck Maracci, who's uh, one of our bloggers. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it goes into like their, their passion for uh, the Disney history and just kind of um, all their kind of stuff that they're doing to this house. Um, they had a Kickstarter campaign to raise money, and unfortunately, yesterday it did not make it. Um, their goal was pretty high; it was five hundred thousand. Yeah, um, and they hit about one hundred five, one hundred thousand. So um, they got they made a lot of money, but unfortunately, since it didn't uh, didn't get completed, they don't get um, what they had raised. So I don't know what the plan is to go from there. So even though it's because they didn't hit half a million, they don't even get the hundred thousand. Yeah, that's the way this Kickstarter campaign worked. Um, mm-hmm. There's different Just ones. Pledges, there's different. I think. I'm sorry. It's just pledges, right? Like yeah, it's so pledges. Yeah. yeah, so you want to hit that goal, and then you get those pledges. But unfortunately, Can I do that to get it. a car. People <laughs> <laughs> give me money to get a car. Sure, sure okay. they will. Should I try it? Why don't you go do that? Let me know. I have. Give me a link, and I'll put it up on the. I'll, I'll put it up on the show notes page. I have very mixed feelings about this for some reason. Really? Yeah, I'm really worried that it's going to be something tacky. I no, don't. No, 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 no. I don't they get are, that feeling at all. They are they are doing a true restoration project where they you know they want to restore it to the its its original state. Um, they've got the original plans and blueprints. They've got the team in place to do it, um, and the you know the team that they've put together to do it. These are people who do historic restorations. They're, so no, it's being you know everything I've seen about it. It really is being handled. With great reverence and respect. I hope so. Um, and they're very detail-oriented. So, like, they're even looking back and thinking about, you know, like, the Disney family's economic situation, how they probably brought their furniture from Marceline. 
over to this house, or, or the other way, I forget. The other way around. The other way around. Yeah. So they're, they're going back and doing the research to find out what type of furniture they would have. They're right. actually trying to find those. like neighbors that lived there when Walt Disney's family lived there. Like, I'm sure they're asking pictures. people, you know, did your grandparents live there? And they're trying to talk to them. And There's got to be pictures because when you go to the family museum, mm. there's sure pictures Diane of them Disney as Miller kids, has yeah. that furniture in a warehouse somewhere. She probably does. But I mean, at least they saved know, everything. They really did. Isn't she dead now? Oh, well, she, yeah. she was the one who put it all together. I mean, somebody's got... Okay, not her anymore, the Disney but family she's museum. the one who put it right. I think that furniture's got to be somewhere. I just think they saved everything. They have buttons off their great-grandmother's wedding dress, which <laughs> completely thrilled me. I don't even know if my great-grandmother had a wedding dress. but um, So I'm sure that there's something, something somewhere. Yeah. I hope it's done right. I really yeah. do. I think, I, I think, I think, they, I think they really are trying Good. to do that. And I think that's why they need to raise that, that half million dollars because that kind of restoration project is not going to be cheap. And uh, so I hope, I hope they, find, they find a way to get it. Yeah, I hope so too. So, all right. Well, thank you, Sean. Craig. Uh, so this coming weekend is going to be the Disney Marathon. And for 2014, uh, they have new New Balance shoes that are coming out. Uh, last year, they had two special shoes that they sold at all the expos at the marathon. There was a Mickey Mouse and a Minnie Mouse one. And this year, they have a new Sorcerer Mickey one and a pink Minnie Mouse one, as well as a Goofy version and a Cinderella version. Um, that's what those colors are supposed to represent? Yeah. Well, the, the Sorcerer Mickey one and the Pink Mini one are exactly, basically replicas of the ones they sold last year. And those are definitely good for marathons, a lot longer running, uh, a lot longer races where uh, you might tend to go at a slower pace. And, you know, they can also be used for walking around the park. But the new Goofy and Cinderella shoes are more for, for runners and sprinters, people who like to to get done a little bit quicker. So uh, they kind of fall in line with a lot of a lot of Nike and other New Balance shoe styles, and I, I, I like them. I like the other ones, but they only come up to size 13 for men's. Yeah, they say, there's so, no 14 wide. No. Yeah. With orthotics. You're not getting a Cinderella sneaker in 15. <laughs> <laughs> What's up with that? I have to give the guys who run, the person who runs it, or the people who run run Disney a lot of credit. They are really smart. They have figured out what people want. Last year, those shoes, people were selling them on eBay. That's how popular they were. So they decided, great, let's sell more of them. And let's get more designs. So I give them a lot of credit for this. Well, the whole whole Disney marathon uh, arena, Mm -hmm. I think, has been brilliantly managed and run and grown. It has just become, you know, where it used to be kind of an aside uh, these have now become major, major yeah. events at Disney World, um, and it's getting to the point where they're rivaling. You know, this, the popularity of them is rivaling things like Flower and Garden um, for the number of people that are coming into town to participate and support uh, those who are participating in the marathon. So that's my New um, Year's resolution. Really, to think to of go to Flower and Garden to uh, <laughs> to run a marathon in 2015. My New Year's resolution is for you to run a marathon in 2015 as well. I think they should have the marathon through through food and wine. And there should be stops where you have to eat. Should, no, uh, it should be where they have to knock food out of people's hands as they go by them. <laughs> that would, then, I would, then I would run the marathon. I would run that marathon. That's sad. <laughs> Schadenfreude going on here. <laughs> uh, just wanted to mention, too, they're about uh, $125 each. 
Um, and then also for the Sorcerer Mickey and the Pink Mini one, they're going to be available in kid sizes this year, which is new Sorry. from last year. And I think those ones are about $75, which seems ridiculous for kids' shoes. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, they're pretty. So, so that's it. People all will right. pay it. People will pay it. People will pay it. Absolutely. So, all right. Well, that will do it for Roundtable round Rapid Fire. Uh, to wrap up the show this week, we are going to do our top 10 threads on disboards.com from December of 2013. And then next week, we are going to announce the winners of the two top threads on uh, Disboards for 2013. Each one of them will be getting a $500 gift card, a Disney gift card, courtesy of the Diz Unplugged. And uh, we certainly know uh, the one who the one winner is. I mean, this is not going to be a surprise. Um, uh, of course, Jess with the From Style on Trip Reports, yeah. which I because she has stopped updating it, has now just dropped out of the top ten. This is the first month that From Style uh, is not in the top ten, but she did a great job with it, and um, she's certainly going to be uh, one of the two winners. You'll have to tune in next week to find out who number two is. But uh, number ten for December, just returned from Disney, very disappointed, not sure when we will go back by Chai Mommy on the Disney Resorts board. We're seeing more. Uh, almost every month I'm, I'm finding in the top ten there's at least one thread along this line. I just got back. I'm really disappointed. I don't know if I'm going back again. Um, sometimes it's the crowd. Sometimes it's the service. Sometimes it's the whole Magic Band Fast Pass yeah, Plus that's issue. What, that's what we're finding the most of right now. Um, and uh, that's, uh, it, it's, you know, it's too soon to say that it's a, it's a trend, but we are seeing that, that come up a lot more. Uh, number nine, how big a failure is My Magic Plus uh, by Daybook on the Disney Rumors and News board. Uh, does anybody in the room think that My Magic Plus is a failure? I don't think it's a failure, but I've, I, you know, we, get, we have a very large sample because of Dreams Unlimited Travel. So we see a lot of feedback in a lot of different areas. And there's quite a few people who are not happy with specific areas of My Magic Plus. There are some things that people are very, very upset with. But then there are things that people love about it. So, I mean, I don't think it's a failure. I just think it needs to be tweaked. I stood. We had John had to go to guest relations, and the easiest one to get to is in downtown Disney. So there was a huge line. This was before the holidays. and But he had to get in line. So I stood there and watched. And next to guest relations, there's three or four kiosks for My Magic Plus. Every single one of them had one a cast member at it. And I think to myself, people aren't getting this. If you have to station a cast member at every single one, then that literature that you promoted it with, whatever it is you did to explain it to people, they're not getting it. And I watched person after person. And most of the time, John was in line for an hour and a half, by the way. Uh, So I I had a lot to watch. It would take them 15 or 20 minutes with each person. And the person was trying to make a dinner reservation. So I think to myself, do I think it's a failure? I don't think it's a success. I don't know enough about it to decide whether it's a failure or not. I do know that I heard the complaint that, well, we used to walk into the park and one of us would take the uh, passes and run to Space Mountain and get uh, fast passes. Well, you can't do that anymore. Right. So it's change the way people do things i think it's going to take a great deal of education on disney's part to make this viable this is where it's a failure it's a failure when it comes to the education of the system 
and that a lot of people still don't understand how to do it. And I understand that we did a video on it. If they're if they're positioning a cast member at every single kiosk, this is costing them some money. Yeah. So I don't know that I would consider it a huge success if you have to explain. Well, it to it's every still not it's, it's still not in full in full implementation either. And you know, I think what Disney has been doing with it has been tweaking and adjusting as they've gone. I think their rollout of it has been very responsible. Personally, I think the rollout has been really responsible and really well done. I'm not saying there haven't been issues, but I think Disney really is being very aggressive in trying to address them and fix them. And, you know, if there's any organization that can figure out a problem, it's Disney. Um, Especially when it comes to their money and this much money being spent on it. My exact point. This is a lot of money. There's a lot of infrastructure. There's a lot of people's reputation on the line. I believe that Disney is going to put a lot of effort into it. Sure, they have to. I do too. And our Chatterati, these are opinions. This is in fact. I'm just telling you what I saw. I don't know if it's a success or a failure. So I don't know. I do know that another thing is that people want to park hop. And you can't prearrange fast passes in different parks. Right. I think that's the part that we have disliked the most because we park hop all the time. And now we're sort of stuck. We're not park hopping like we normally would because you've only got your three fast passes for the day. And so like we were at Hollywood Studios this morning. We're going back there tonight because we have to finish using our fast passes. We don't, you know, no, normally we'd go watch a fireworks show somewhere else, but that's we can't something that's going to change. That's something using. that's going to change soon. Yeah, I think so too. But they make, it, they make too much money off the park hopper add-on yeah. um, to not allow people to use fast passes. I don't know why they haven't fixed that yet. Obviously, there must be a technical reason why, not so much a business reason. But at we some point in time, they're going to have to do it. We learned that was going to be part of it when we were at that meeting that people were going to be able to do it at different parks. Right. So. All right. Um, Number seven by Opal on the theme parks, attractions, and strategy board. Does anyone else think this is a little creepy? Um, I think we're on number eight. Yes, we're on number eight. Are we? I jumped ahead. I'm sorry. I was trying to figure out what was creepy about number eight. Oh, I didn't know that was number eight. I'm sorry. By one great Disney fan on theme park, attractions, and strategies uh, community board. Has anyone decorated their magic band? Please show us pictures. That's oh. the thread Corey was just talking about. Okay. That's the number eight thread <laughs> for December. Number seven is, does anyone else think this is a little creepy from Opal on the theme parks board? And she writes, we are Florida residents and seasonal AP holders. We visited Animal Kingdom in mid-November. We have magic bands, but n- never bother with photo pass cards unless we are touring with visiting family and friends. This morning I received an email from Disney photo pass telling me that my photos were about to expire. I opened the link thinking somehow I have been sent the email in error and I will be viewing someone else's photos. Instead, there is a single picture of my husband and myself on dinosaur. We did not ride this ride on a fast pass or a fast pass plus. So we did not scan our bands when entering the ride. Um, EE uh, Expedition Everest was down during our fast pass time, so we just wandered over and rode Dinosaur. Anyone have a reasonable explanation for this, or do I just continue being creeped out? Um, you know, well, this this kind of this kind of goes back to the concerns that people were expressing uh, when this was announced before it was rolled out that um, Disney is going to be able to read these things whether we want them to or not. Yeah, depending on how close you are to the sensors could change. And apparently that's what happened is that, I I mean, I guess if you're wearing a magic band and you get to the point in the ride where a picture is being taken, it's got to scan the magic band to know who's in the picture. 
Um, right, because even if you're not going to take the picture, it wants to know that as well, right? Is, is, is creepy a word you'd use for that? Uh, I think it, if, it, if it is, it's mild. I think um, one of our listeners, one of our friends of the Diz is Mike Holland, and this is what he does, does for a living. He deals with this for a living. It's very interesting. This technology. This technology. Yeah. It's very interesting to hear his take on it. And I don't think he's a conspiracy freak or anything, but there are other uses for this. These can be read. Absolutely. And these can be tracked. And I, you know, I think to myself, people don't care if Disney tracks them. But what if, if it wasn't Disney? What if it was your grocery store? What if it was the tax people? What if it was police and you were wearing these, and they could track you that way. There are different um, uses for them, and I think, yeah, some of them can tend towards the creepy. So the real question becomes this. What happens if it's used, like with this picture, in a different way? What happens if it's somehow they can figure out every picture you appear in, whether you you know want that picture taken by someone from Disney or not? Good thing it wasn't her husband and some other That's what I thought she was going to say. Wouldn't that be funny? Is this creepy? Now that would be a funny story. (laughs) That would be a funny story. So you might get pictures you don't know you take. All right, number six. Carrig, a K-cup question. Can they be used twice by Mickey's gal on the community board? Um, Cut to me. (laughs) No. No. They can't be used twice. My grandpa does this. If if, if If you want... A weak second brew <laughs> cup of coffee. Knock yourself out. Why do you have to post this on the community oh, board? Just man. put it back in and see if it can be used twice. And if you like it, if you like it, knock yourself out. But no, that's no, they still a quality. Number five. I became fed up and walked out of Ohana. Was I being unreasonable by Doe R on the Disney Restaurants board? Uh, number four. Concierge club level information. Part four. Um, by Scott MC on the Disney Resorts board. Uh, just so everybody knows that on our Disney Resorts forum, the best FAQs on every Disney resort uh, in Walt Disney World, they, they, these folks do such an amazing job of keeping these FAQs up because uh, that's their resort that they love and they get great pictures and great information if you want a really, really thorough look at every single resort at Disney World. Please visit the Disney Resorts Forum on Disboards.com. They are the best FAQs out there, in my opinion. Yes, I own Disboards.com, so I'm a little biased, but I think a lot of people would agree with me. Uh, Number three, Disney is purposefully building lines at the Great Movie Ride. No, there are just a lot of people who feel the need to torture themselves by going through a ride that is in desperate need of an overhaul. Uh, That is by... uh, Cure My Read? What's the matter with your read that needs curing? Um... Theme parks, attractions, and strategies. Uh, number two, double dipping on Fast Pass is gone by Mother Gothel on theme parks, attractions, and strategies. And the number one thread for December of 2013 all Fast Pass machines to be removed from Animal Kingdom by next week by Delmar411 on the theme parks, attractions, and strategies board. So uh, there you have it. There's the top 10 threads for 2013 next week we will tell you the top 10 threads for the year and award the two five hundred dollar disney gift cards for the top two threads of 2013 and to be the top thread in 2014 just name it my magic plus fast pass disneyland from style free dining disappointed (laughs) creepy all right that will do it for this our first show of the new year if you are watching us live please stay tuned 
for a Kevin and John dining review coming up next. But uh, that will do it for this episode of The Diz Unplugged. We hope you enjoyed it, and we'll be back with you again next time. Thanks for being with us, everyone. Wrong button. Thanks for being with us, everyone. And remember, stay out of the damn lakes. Have a good week.